You may notice my intro to this podcast mentions interviews with women, and at the time that I recorded it, that was generally my intention. But as we know, people shift and change, and sometimes someone comes along who is just such a synchronicity that you have to make an exception. And such is the case with Kevin Russell, who connected with me just completely with synchronicity and flow uh, and has recently had a quantum leap that we just had to talk about. So enjoy. Here we go. Let's jump on in. Hey, and welcome to this Passionate Life podcast. We tap into what it takes to turn your passions into profits with intimate talks with women who are walking the talk. This is your host, Stephanie Zito, intuitive soulpreneur mentor for women who choose in favor of alignment, abundance, and happiness. Come find me on Facebook at Stephanie Zito Coach and hit subscribe so you don't miss a beat of this podcast to raise your vibe and align with your best life. So welcome to This Passionate Life. I am here with Kevin Russell. Hi, Kevin. Hey, Steph. It's nice to be here. It's really good to, good to talk with you. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you're here. So a little background on this season. Uh, I have kind of gone through a quantum leap recently. And so on This Passionate Life, we're always here looking at tools and ways to live our passionate life and our lifestyles and with our businesses. And with this quantum leap, I'm super fascinated with how individuals are doing just that, how we're on a certain timeline, like with a job or uh, with our income, and then suddenly we, we make this shift, something comes into our, our realm of understanding or being, and then we're just on a different timeline. So if you've gotten married, if you've gotten divorced, if you've shifted jobs, you've probably experienced this. And uh, Kevin came into my quantum field <laughs> recently it's one of those synchronicities that's just meant to be and we're going to talk a little bit more about that so that's sort of like a brief introduction and Kevin I'm going to just introduce who you are so yeah Kevin's a designer and first-time author he's an energetic intuitive who helps people optimize their lives from their energetic core that's why we're connecting right here (laughs) After a profound encounter of connecting to his energetic higher self, he realized that by coupling the skills he had honed in his career as a designer with what he had learned on his own journey of self-discovery, he has the keys to guide others at lightning fast speed through a step-by-step process to experience the self-awareness, self-expansion, and healing that is so deeply needed today for each of us as individuals and collectively as stewards of our planet. I love it. I'm so thrilled and honored to have you here. That's beautiful. I love the work that you are moving into and doing. And I just want to say briefly too, um, that I am going to hold this up if, yeah. So I've also been reading and diving into uh, this book that Kevin just wrote over the last, what, nine months? Yeah. So at nine months, and as far as the, the gestation, yeah. uh, and it was really two and a half weeks in December where everything just flooded out of me channeled through me downloaded whatever whatever we want to call it yeah. um, but then it was it was the cultivation and all the step all the practical steps needed to kind of bring it into the world that that were kind of the last nine ten months yeah that's what I kind of figured it was like a quick download and then it was all the three-dimensional stuff that needs to happen <laughs> yeah, yeah, so exactly. it's called, yeah it's called my guy on the ninth floor and I highly recommend checking it out so um, from your bio that I just read is there anything you want to add is there any little 
nugget you'd like to add to that? Oh man, that's a great question. Um, that, you know, honestly, it pretty much sums it up right there. Um, it, it was really this, this monumental pivot, life pivot, a soul expansion um, that it, it's interesting that the book is really um, a, kind of a, a cosmic download, you know, whatever, whatever term is, is comfortable for people, but it was translated through the filter of my life. And so all, you know, all of my life experiences, my interests, everything that I've been curious about or wanting to learn more about, or the practices that I cultivated professionally, really all factored in um, to, to the process in the book, kind of the way it's a, 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 start, a start to finish approach to elevating our energy, elevating our consciousness, living life from the inside out, um, and then really the, onboarding the tools that allowed me to accelerate my own journey which were uh, energy work, subconscious work, emotional work, uh, and just kind of encapsulating everything in, into what is hopefully a digestible uh, and enjoyable package to read. Yeah, I mean, it's great because you really do take some very, some people could say like esoteric concepts and you just make them very accessible. So Excellent. what I really wanna dive into is this quantum leap. So what mm -hmm. happened? Yeah. So, uh, and it was, it was something I wasn't necessarily looking for or even expecting or, or, or was aware was on the menu to, to choose from or a, or a potentiality. Um, but, uh, November 21st, 2019 last year, I connected to my higher self in a, in a massive enlightenment experience. Um, it was kind of the culmination of, of one leg of my personal journey of, of, internal cultivation of of peace and centeredness and elevating my own energy and really cleaning out a lot of the what i came to term or, or understand as subconscious programs that were really impacting my life in negative ways that i wasn't even aware of because i was in in the system not aware of the system so to speak mm -hmm. um and so it was in a an energy session and the practitioner calls it biofield harmonics and I went in feeling like I, the analogy I use is I, I felt like a toddler in a dark room where I knew there was more there, but I couldn't quite make sense of it. And I couldn't quite figure it out. I couldn't see it. Uh, you know, and so I went in open and, and curious and just I, like, I know there's something right there. I just can't see it. I can't put my finger on it. And it was just the most profound experience of connection that I've, I've ever had in my life. Um, flooded with just wave after wave of pure love and acceptance and, and wholeness. And uh, it really love is, is what, what it was, just like coursing through me. Um, and the voice in my head changed. And this it was the only time that it had happened this explicitly uh, before or since. But it was my voice. And what I heard was, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you made it. We're going to have so much fun together. And so in the, in the one hand, it was a little disconcerting because that was just something I I'd never expected to happen or that it could happen. But on the other side of that coin, it, it felt like a, a warm embrace from a twin that I never knew uh, was existed mm -hmm. um, and felt more, more like home than any house I'd ever lived in. It just felt whole and complete and just completely at peace. And so I came out of the session and the practitioner said, well, you just connected to your higher self. And I was like, that's what it felt like, even though I've not I've got no litmus for, for what that should or could feel like. 
Um, and then that was the, really the, the beginning of, of everything that's happened over the last 10 months. Um, the, the biggest culmination being the, the completion of the book, um, which is really just a, a handbook for, for anyone to take with them or to use to, to do whatever they want, whether it is going that spiritual route of, of elevating their own energy and connecting to their own interpretation of, of their higher self or their, their higher consciousness, or if it's um, healing from, from past trauma or perceptions of, 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 of trauma and inequality in their lives, or just looking to get a different perspective on, on the structure of our world and of ourselves and of our place in it. Um, and those are all things that, that really just kind of downloaded and, and, uh, and flooded through me uh, that, that came through in the writing. And you must have had, I mean, some kind of, one would think just to read this book, I can't imagine that you went from ground zero knowing nothing about these things to suddenly just like putting it all together. Was it more just like it all kind of clicked in? Yeah, and that, that was really exactly it. And that's why I say it was really a, a, a cosmic download or you know, divine inspiration through the filter of my life. Um, and, and everything really factored in. Like I was raised Irish, Irish Catholic, but never really felt a resonance with with the practice of of kind of a traditional once a week church and falling into those Catholic patterns. Too. Get it? Okay. Get it? Yep. And it my my favorite part was always the um the, the peace be with you after the after communion and I, I know I or uh, not after I love but that. It, that was that was the one the one point of connection that I felt mm -hmm. and everything else just felt kind of rote and 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 behaviorally processed or behavioral repetition as opposed to critical thinking and, and elevation. Yeah. Um, so that was one contrast. Mm -hmm. uh, another one uh, was really getting in and having that kind of as the pivot of, I see this as an answer for people, but it's not necessarily the answer for me. So then what is there? And that really started my journey of self-inquiry into philosophy and different, you know, uh, expressions of theology, uh, Eastern and Western traditions. Um, looking, loving science and being really interested in the physical sciences of the earth from geology to oceanography to how the earth works and, and the mechanisms uh, of the dynamic world that we live in. Uh, and then being fascinated with, uh, with quantum theory and quantum physics and uh, Heisenberg's uncertainty principle, Schrodinger's, uh, Schrodinger's cat, uh, the double, the double uh, slit experiments and all of these things that were, to, to me at the time, very uh, isolated and external and, and almost mind-bogglingly infinitesimally small. And then really the connection that I made was bringing those conceptual things that we can prove theoretically and prove in a lab as far as, uh, you know, the atom communication uh, between each other. Uh, the, there is no empty space in the world. It's all, everything's connected energetically. Um, it was that, that perspective change shift of my personal experience that did kind of, uh, you know, fit, fit the lock and the key and all the tumblers uh, really yeah. fell into place. Yeah. It's so interesting because, um, well, it was a couple of things, but I was just listening to uh, an interview with um, the, in, the inventor of, of Time Wave or Healy. We've talked about, mm -hmm. you know, this micro frequency, frequency device and mm -hmm. he literally is, is, mirror or bringing together spirituality and in quantum physics and 
Yeah. And his whole study is consciousness. So I think that's an interview. You probably would be super interested as you're talking. It's like, you would yeah. love to hear him talk. <laughs> yeah. So absolutely, I'll, I'll share that with you. But the thing too, about, um, this, you know, experience you had is, um, we kind of were talking about going from like the three dimensions of, oh, I know what I was going to say. So mm -hmm. I talked to other people and clients who they talk about a similar shift. They talk, I literally talk about this shift of voice in their head. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when we think about like the three dimensions, that's us as humans, it's like, like we have weight, <laughs> we mm. have time, we have space, we have to move through it and it can feel kind of slow sometimes. And then when we're in this like fifth dimension, that's where things are happening more. That's like the spirit world where we can think something and it exists in that spirit world. Mm -hmm. And we have to just bring it into our reality through time and through space. It's mm -hmm. the world in which we can, uh, you know, think about someone and then they're calling us on the phone. It's, you know, totally. that, that world in which I know in your book, you talk about your daughter just having like information from the quantum field about like the spices and what they're used mm -hmm. for. And my daughter has done a similar thing when she was younger too. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting is like, you see this voice as it's your highest, it's your highest self, right? Like that's how you identify it. For, for that particular instance in the, in the energy session, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that was, that was 100%. And like I said, since then, it, it hasn't had that, that third person uh, separation uh, again. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's back to kind of the normal, if I'm thinking something, then it's my voice. Um, but it was that distinction between thinking something and hearing it in my voice and having the voice in my head literally speak to me. That was kind of the distinction that I experienced. Okay, gotcha, yeah. Yeah, yeah because for some people as well, when they make this shift, we have guides, we have our, mm -hmm. our soul guides, and yep. uh, we have our soul guides for certain reasons. So they'll shift, <laughs> it will sure. get new soul guides when we're ready for like that next stage. So yeah, absolutely. For, you know, for just because I've talked to people who have had similar experiences, that could be a sort of a situation that can happen too. Absolutely. And what I want to move into is this idea of, of the three dimensions and uh, how, how we access, you know, all this information that you downloaded to this book or, uh, you know, someone who's sort of getting this nudge from mm -hmm. their intuition or from, uh, from, from spirit or from source. Like, I'd love yeah. to just hear a little bit more about you know, your, your daughter's experience, just, just being little and, and understanding somehow knowing these things. Like, I just want to talk a little bit more about that, like how we access mm -hmm. sort of this fifth dimensional space. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, a little, little uh, uh, foundation uh, to jump in. So the, the way that I break it down in the book is looking at it from third, fourth and fifth dimensional definitions. Uh, and so the third dimension is, is, as you mentioned, or as you said, uh, it's time, space, it's the, the world we live in, it's things that are tangible that we can touch, and it's our experiences in and of the world, um, which include our subconscious and our conscious minds, because those things interact with, they can be influenced by and impacted by experiences in our world. And so that that was one of the realizations that left me kind of at the edge of a cliff where it's like, okay, if our conscious and our subconscious minds, as well as our bodily senses and everything we can perceive is part of the three-dimensional world, then what's this additional space that I've got inside where I'm almost stepping back a little bit and I'm feeling or observing myself have a thought or a thought happens 
and I, I check it. I'm like, wait a second, hold on. That, that doesn't resonate with where I'm at now. I, I, I see that thought for what it is and I know where it came from. If it's a negative thought or, or maybe a self-limiting belief or um, something that's um, you know, like a self-destructive behavior type of aspect happening inside. The distinction between those things and my perception of those things would be my definition of the fourth dimension, which is that observer internal space where we're connected to everything out here and to our conscious and subconscious minds. But it's that distance between our energetic selves and those things that for me was the first step to really connecting more strongly to the fifth dimension, which I define in the book as the quantum, the quantum dimension, the, the, the connection layer of all things. And that's where, uh, you know, really the energetic connection of life resides. Um, energetic connections of, to your point, where, uh, you know, at a distance, you think about someone or you see, some, you see a social post and it's a friend you haven't talked to in a while, and then they reach out or some, there's a connection in some, in some way. Um, things like auras, uh, the, shock, the, the chakras, uh, orc fields, um, energetic fields, uh, collective consciousness. These are all, to me, aspects of the underlying ambient energetic layer that, that connects and courses through absolutely everything in, that we can perceive and, and things that beyond, are beyond what we can perceive. And so uh, the, the experience that you mentioned uh, with my daughter, she was helping my, my wife. Uh, we have a, you know, a spice rack with just herbs and spices for cooking. And it was behind the, the stove. And so it, you know, it's get, over time, it gets splatters and, and splashes of things. And so she was cleaning them down. And a daughter at the time was just starting to talk, like one and a half. And she was pointing to, uh, I think it was thyme and ginger. And it was, you know, not, not even saying what it was, just pointing to it and saying, that's good for ears, that's good for eyes. And then my wife, it, it kind of stuck, the experience stuck with my wife and she dove in and, and checked, you know, Google search and turns out that both thyme and ginger traditionally have been used for homeopathic uh, remedies, you know, throughout antiquity and, and, you know, in modern times as well. And so, yeah, where does that come from? Where does that, where does that information come from to a one and a half year old? Um, and then I had a similar experience where it was a, a quiz game on a flight and the flight attendant asked, what was the distance of the Wright brothers longest first flight? Uh, Cause there was a series of first flights they made and the number just popped. It, it just, it, it bloomed in my head like a, like, like, like bread rising or like a, like a, a brilliant sunrise was just right there. Uh, so with kids and to your point, you're, uh, I think you said your daughter experience has had similar experiences. So where does that come from and why is it kids? One, I think it comes from our connection to that energy layer that all of us have. The kids aspect was the interesting thing for me. And this gets into the kind of the conditioning of life uh, that's, that every one of us experiences. When we're young, we're so much closer, one, to, to source, to where we come from, um, you know, pre-birth and even pre-gestation. And two, there hasn't been the, the layers of three-dimensional experiences and conditioning that we all go through that increase our, our distance be, from our energetic selves. So things like, you know, learning how, what, what's, ex, what's expected from a parent, learning what behaviors are acceptable or unacceptable. Um, we get told what is good or what is bad from external sources. And so we've got all these external influences really 
you know, kind of like a tsunami falling on us from a very early age that colors our worldview and colors our, our expressions and really a lot of our, our behaviors and reactions in the world. But that doesn't mean that, 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 that our energetic cores have, have gone anywhere. The, those, those connections to, to the, the energetic layer that connect all things to ourselves, to each other, it's all there. We just move away from it almost by necessity of survival and thriving, what we perceive as thriving in our external world as it could be you know, performance-based, like getting good grades, getting a good job, um, more of that traditional model. And it could express itself in any number of ways based on the hyper-specific factors that go into play for any family. So why does that matter and what does it mean? Um, one, to me, the more I observe instead of felt things that happen in the world, uh, the more peaceful presence I experience, the less the voice in my head uh, was, was loud enough to even hear. Uh, really that, that kind of you know, chatterbox of self-limiting beliefs or negative emotions uh, subsided and then disappeared altogether. Uh, and this is in concert with the, the energy work and the emotional work I was doing. Um, my, my personal energy elevated. Um, I felt much more confident, comfortable, and solid in my being, which really colored um, the, the expression uh, that I put out into the world uh, in a really positive, higher vibrational way that started to make impact in, in business and in family. Um, so the, the observer, I think, is, is that step towards a stronger connection to the energetic layer that's always been there and always will be there. It just takes those conscious steps uh, in, the, in the, the perspective and the information to be able to, to go that direction and to, to make those connections for, for ourselves as individuals. Yeah, so um, totally. So I did have a similar experience too with, with my daughter and yeah. it was fascinating because um, I'll just tell it really quick and then, it, and then I wanna move into how this helps you know, anyone who is just in it, who's in mm -hmm. this place of wanting to shift and perhaps you know, not into their job or wants to bring their thing into the world. Uh, so with my daughter, she was young. She was like maybe two, almost yeah. three. And uh, she was just pretending in the bath, pretending to clean the, um, the tiles mm -hmm. and just chit chatting, chattering, kind of repetitively chattering and talking about how she was taking care of children. And I had a friend over at the time and my friend is also very intuitive and just said, oh, she's channeling somebody right now. And, wow. uh, and my daughter kept talking about banana juice, how the kids were sick and you had to give them banana juice because they had a fever. Mm -hmm. I'd never heard of banana juice. And no. I looked it up and it's, it was actually a thing. Like banana okay. juice, I probably had a different term, but it, it's, sure. it was literally an elixir to help with the flu or with a fever to kind of bring down wow. fever. Yeah. yeah. So she was definitely sort of channeling that. And um, by a similar token in the work that I do, the intuitive work, you know, I do mm -hmm. energy scans and intuitive reads. And sometimes things will come up like specific things that, you know, when we talk about herbs, I, I'm not an herbalist. So mm -hmm. something specific will come up. I mean, is it something that I probably heard somewhere along the line? Probably, but there's mm -hmm. something also I do believe about like just tapping into the energy field, not only of that person, but like of hour if you think of this grid of information that exists mm -hmm. it just it pops in for a reason 
So, and, and then I'll have to look it up after and then it'll double check. Okay, that's meant for exactly what this person's going through. Mm -hmm. So I just, I love that. And I find it fascinating and something that, uh, you know, we talk about conditioning and we've mm -hmm. got like two things going on. One is, you know, knowing this, what we can do to cultivate this within our kids. And secondly, kind of just take ourselves as adults where we're at <laughs> and then allow ourselves to tap into this that we all have available. So yeah. what, what would you say, how would you encourage someone to, you know, go from this three dimension to the four dimension where we can be more observers like mm -hmm. of, of our spinning thoughts or of our emotions? Like what's yeah. kind of some steps that you would take to start with that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think for me, the first, the first kind of aha moment uh, and the thing I love about this this journey or this process is that it's not it's the the and it's cliched, but the journey is the goal because there's never going to not be work to do, uh, whether it's, it's always you know, the there's goal. always there's always going to be something. Yeah. Um, and so so two things I love one uh, in Zen Buddhism they call them satori experiences, which are those little micro enlightenments along those aha moments along the way. And then another proverb I really, it was my new favorite thing uh, is uh, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Oh, I love After that enlightenment, one. chop wood, carry water. It's Agreed. like the more things change, the more things stay the same. Yes, so much. Um, so, so, so with those in mind, of it's not, it's, it's not a one and done. There's no such thing as a silver bullet. There's no magic pill. There's no magic injection that's going to do it. Mm -hmm. It's just one, cultivating the awareness. Two, practicing and three incorporating and in uh, embedding into our our systems and our, our processes of life so the first step that I would I would recommend is it's a, a percept it's a perception and a perspective exercise and the thought is or the the, the three sentences to, to keep in mind are I am not my thoughts I am not my feelings I am not my reactions mm-hmm and literally embed that at the subconscious level yeah. because 99.9% .9 of the time, and this is where we get into the difference between conscious and subconscious, which I think is an important distinction as well. Um, and I'll give you the cliff notes uh, at a, at, at a cup, at a processing level, our subconscious mind can process about, and this is conservatively about 20 million bits per second. Our conscious mind is more close is closer to 40. Mm -hmm. So, the subconscious, which includes our autonomic processes, um, our, our breathing, our, our heartbeat, our digestion, um, also is the repository for every experience we've ever had in our entire life and even, you know, in utero and, and beyond. And so our, as we are going through life, our subconscious is writing programs in real time of our experiences and it just catalogs it. So this is, these are the programs that influence and color our lives. In addition to the processing, subcon the subconscious actually runs the show or is in control of our lives 95 to 98% of the time. Some researchers are saying even more now, up close to 99 or you know, 99 point whatever. And we're consciously aware or thinking or processing uh, closer to three to 5% of the time. And so right now we're having a conscious conversation. We're engaged, we're, we're present. But at the same time, our subconscious is writing the program of this experience. Mm -hmm. And so if we were to have a conversation and you were to say something that, that triggered or, or caused a reaction in my bodily system, and it could be anything, right? because our subconscious is just waiting to, to keep us safe and to protect us. 
And so it could be anything. And then it triggers something in me and maybe my, my adrenaline starts. Or I feel, you know, the hair on the back of my neck stand up or I start sweating. I'm having a bodily reaction to something that was said because it reflected something, uh, you know, something that was impactful or indelible from my past. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the, 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 the ground floor of, of consciousness or conscious, subconscious, and then, and then what do we do with it? So going back to process and practice, I am not my thoughts. I'm not my reactions. I'm not my emotions. Those are all things that we experience and they're very important because we are here to experience the contrast of life. That's, that's the whole thing, whether it's coloring and coloring a book or skydiving, they're all contrasting experiences to have, or, you know, uh, going for a promotion or starting a new business or, you know, whatever it is. The challenge is that we fall into patterns of resistance to the contrast we experience. And so that can take the form of uh, pro-life, pro-choice, red versus blue, um, Dodgers versus Padres, uh, you know, Manchester United versus Liverpool, uh, cryptocurrency versus uh, traditional currency, Samsung versus Apple. Whatever we identify with and we embed as, as, as an identifier is actually a form of resistance. And so the more resistance we cultivate, the less we're going to be able to move through the contrast of life and the more things are going to get stuck in our systems. So cultivating a practice of uh, non-resistance, cultivating a practice of experiencing everything, but also letting everything go. That's another factor where we get angry. Say, and the analogy I always use is we're driving to work and somebody cuts us off in traffic or stops short and we have to react really quickly. Mm-hmm. Our, our bodily system is reacting in the moment because it's, you know, it, we need our reaction time on point. We need to be hyper aware and we need to be in the moment to keep ourselves safe. But if we start assigning blame of that person did this to me or how could they, or what were they thinking? We really embed ourselves at that reactive layer. And then that can carry with us through our entire day bleed over into the night, affect how we behave and react to our coworkers, to our family, to our spouses, to our partners, to our kids. And even that's, and then that can really get embedded in our, in our processing. And you're calling that, um, I remember you saying like the quantum entanglement and mm-hmm. quantum entanglement can be amazing and great. <laughs> and, yeah. and by the same token, you know, just to your example, you can, you can take that situation that happened thinking that that happened to you, that mm-hmm. that was about you getting entangled with it versus allowing yourself to be in that fourth dimension of separation. Like, wow, that car cut me off. That car is driving really fast and just observing it versus taking it personally and saying, I got to get revenge. I got to go after I got to, and then suddenly you get home and you're snappy, not you, (laughs) like one is snappy with their spouse. And then that spouse is entangled with what happened so it's by the yep. same thing, think of all these things. And I, you have a really great graphic. I like that your book has graphics. I'm a very visual person. And so they're super helpful. Yeah. And when you talk about the subconscious and you show the subconscious in the circle, it's like, mm-hmm. like the most of the circle is the subconscious driving our programming. And yeah. then a teeny tiny little blip is our conscious. So all these decisions that we're making, we're just so unaware of what even happened when I was four years old that is like literally right now. <laughs> Yeah. Dictating my yeah. my behavior in this moment. So like that that entanglement, and I know this is really important because this is like literally what just about everyone is going through. All these entanglements yeah. that we have from our how we were parented or something that happened in our past or something that even happened 
a couple years ago or something that created some uh, PTSD or some anxiety or some depression, that entanglement in that subconscious mind is in this moment interacting, affecting, interfering with, yeah. with who we truly are. And, and, you know, my whole purpose is to help us to be who we are on the inside, how we are in the world. Yeah. And to me, like, that's also a level of sort of conflict resolution in a sense, because when we're not, when we're not, like, look at, Qu look at quantum conflict resolution. Quantum, yeah. yeah. I mean, look at, look, look at Facebook. If you want to yeah. see quantum entanglement, yeah, just well, look at yeah. And, and here's and here's the other challenge too, and, and and you said it beautifully. Where it it's we can we can so everything is energy, and because of that, energy has vibration and resonance. Yeah. it's just the nature of energy. Even it's if literally it, energy, and even at even at uh the, even at zero uh at, at the zero point field where it's a temperature of absolute zero and there should be no movement, there's still energetic activity. Right. And so you know th this this is this is visible energy. Yeah. This, I can feel the energy transferring into heat right now. Yeah. But it's the subtle energies that we're not aware of because they are at that quantum level mm -hmm. that really impact. So to your point of, of that, of that um, you know, getting cut off in traffic analogy, you cultivate it, you entangle with it, and you carry it with you. Or have that, and this is where really that thought, that I call them uh, brain games and, and you know, thought practices. And, and this is kind of towards the end of the book where there are the four pillars of, of radicals, which are radical acceptance, radical balance, radical empathy, and radical honesty. And if we can cultivate those four things for ourselves internally, and then practice those things with everyone in our world externally, to me, that is to one of the solutions. It's not the solution, but it's one of the solutions to live a really optimized life from, from our energetic core. So using that as an example, somebody cuts us off in a traffic. My first thought now is, oh my gosh, I hope they're okay. Mm -hmm. What are they going through in their life? Mm -hmm. Because what they, 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 they didn't have anything to do with me. They don't know me. Even if it is somebody that knows me and they're acting a fool and they're cutting me off, it still doesn't have anything to do with Radical me. compassion. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So it is those entanglements. But the other side of that coin is the, the reality that we create on the inside is the reality we're going to experience in our world. Yeah. So if we're convinced that the world is, is in disarray and the world is just out of control, then that's the world we're going to experience. Yep. If we're viewing the world as, okay, what I'm seeing now is completely reactive behavior on both sides, regardless of, of who we perceive as being right or wrong, that is the same energy it doesn't matter. It's, it's reactive and it's incendiary. And the more it's expressed in spikes on one end, the more it's going to be expressed on spikes on the other end because it's radical balance, like attracts like. Mm -hmm. So if we're fighting the thing that we, are, that we are against with the same energy of that thing, we're just creating more entanglement, more dis-ease in the world. Yeah. I, I mean, that's... see it. Yeah, like the visual, <laughs> the visual I get is sort of from the Matrix, uh, mm -hmm. where I think I, I don't know, is it Neo? I forget. But anyway, it's like the bullets coming and yeah. just like leaning back so slowly. And yeah. it's like when we can get to that point where you sort of slow something down. So you know, my child says something, or my husband says something, and I can, to begin with, one know my trigger, mm -hmm. so I'm at least aware of it, and then secondly. I, I release that trigger 
through yeah. perhaps one of these uh, modalities that you've spoken of and that's in your book as well, then then that trigger doesn't really exist for me anymore. You know, right. I've sort of changed my makeup so that I am bringing that radical compassion. I'm listening. I'm seeing their experience without, even if they say something hurtful to me. You right. know, and I and I see it. You know, I have a six-year-old son, very different from my daughter, learning a lot. Sure. Yep. <laughs> so his reaction is very like out there. Like he's going to put his emotions out there. He's going to say mm -hmm. it a certain way. So he said to me, "I hate you." And what is he doing? He's angry. He's hurt. He's upset. Mm -hmm. If I took that personally, it would be a very different story than if I can bring compassion to his experience and and try to help him bring words and verbiage to what he's feeling when yeah. he's in that space. Because we all know that space where you sort of fuel up and then, mm -hmm. you know, we're in that sort of fight or flight mode and then nothing, nothing uh, rational is going to happen in, yeah, in that right. space. Well, yeah. Yeah, because our, our prefrontal cortex is shut down. And yeah. so we're, we are back in that lizard reactive brain. We're not, the, you know, our, our conscious mind is, is really offline at that point. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, in that, in that instance, you know, I, w one of my approaches would, would be like, like, oh, buddy, I, I, I hear that you have, like, I, I'm feeling, I, I see how angry and I, I'm, I'm feeling your energy right now. Mm -hmm. So what, what's like when you say I hate you, what, what are you feeling and what are you thinking behind that? Yeah. Because it is, it doesn't have anything to do with us. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's in, they are dropped in and they're reactive. Yes. Yeah. And so, so and I, I, I kind of tangented getting back to, to your question. So what can we do to cultivate that, that, that place internally instead of being reactive? Um, so the, the, the entry point is I am not my thoughts. I'm not my reactions. I'm not my emotions. Then the practice for me, and this is something that anybody can do, and I actually created a, a little one sheeter about it. I can, I can send to you so you can, uh, you know, can pro uh, provide it. Uh, dropping into those states, uh, getting out in nature is a great way to do it. But a lot of times it's like, well, I don't have time. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's, here's the, the, the daily practice. In the morning, uh, energetic diaphragmatic breathing. Uh, mm -hmm. I recommend Wim Hof. Uh, he's, a, he's a great practitioner. Mm -hmm. And that one is going to hyperoxygenate our systems, which is going to move us closer to an alkaline state than an acidic state. And so just we're literally changing the, how our, our biochemistry is, is processing. The other thing it's doing is one, it's giving us a little bit of a runner's high where we get that dopamine and we get that feeling of peaceful presence because we're working really hard physically in the moment. Mm -hmm. All of the, all of the thoughts, you know, you kind of, it's that clear mind space when you, when you exercise because you're burning a lot, you're burning out all that energy that would otherwise go to the, the mental gymnastics that we all put ourselves through. And so quick 10, 15 minute breath, uh, diaphragmatic breathing exercise in the morning is a great way to start your day and to cultivate a peaceful present foundation going into the day. Then throughout the day, it's dropping into that observer space as much as possible where we, we're, we're still going to have reactions. I still have reactions. Um, we're still going to have negative thoughts creep in. We're still going to have emotional responses to things. The key is to shorten the duration between the reaction and the recognition of the reaction. Yeah. And the more we can shorten those, the more we're moving into that really strong observer position of the captain of the ship instead of, you know, bailing water in the bottom of the ship, trying to keep it afloat. And and it's just, just, again, it's that peaceful presence where it's the awareness and this, it's a challenge. It is, but this is kind of one of those brain games that, that we take with us and on the journey. And it's a practice of reducing the time between reaction and recognition. Mm 
So then once we get to recognition and we realize, okay, that wasn't me. What the heck was that? That's where we can start this method of inquiry and diving deeper of, okay, what, what, what is that that I had? Is it anger? Is it fear? And label it and, and, and speak it or write it out. Because if we keep it in our head, it's just going to keep clanking around. It's not actually going to uh, have any type of, of, of process be placed on it. So if we can actually speak like, oh, you know what? And literally say it out loud or write it down. That, uh, that was, you know, it, it came out as anger, but I think it was actually fear for some reason. That was interesting. And then from there, it's like, okay, you can either dive deeper. If there's some, like, if you can go deeper, what's past, what's beyond the fear. And it could, tr- and just be open and present. And it could trigger something, like you said, from when you were four, so an experience that you didn't remember. Or a lot of times we're aware of it but it almost becomes the story that we tell of, oh, you know, my, I, I didn't have a dad growing up and my mom worked two jobs. So it was absentee parent. And it, I felt um, it was conditional love. That could, that's, that was one that was, that I experienced for me, even though my parents with the tools they had were giving me 100% of their capacity that they had mm-hmm. to my, to my perception, it was something else. But again, it's all perception. So cultivating that peaceful presence and that recognition state, then you can, tap into, okay, where am I feeling that fear or feeling that anger and identifying where we're feeling that in our bodies. And one thing we can do is, is to pivot of, uh, keep in mind a picture of us when we're young, like a a toddler or or in grade school. Mm -hmm. And once we feel that, say it is fear or anger, it's in it. Anytime we have a reactive experience, it's going to be associated with a negative emotion or negative energy. Um, but again, these are all programs of safety that our subconscious cultivates because it does, it can't say, Hey man, this doesn't have anything to do with your experience. Now, this is actually from, uh, from, uh, this experience you had, you don't even remember when you were eight, it just serves up the expression that it recorded in the experience when you were eight, wherever we are now. And that's why there's such a disconnect. And to your point about PTSD, every single one of us has PTSD. Just from being born into this life, because we, we come in as, as just pure, love, pure energy. Look at a baby's face. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just the most, and, and especially once we started, once my daughter started, uh, started walking and, and expanding her, her awareness of the world, there was magic in everything. Mm-hmm. There was magic in, in a leaf on a tree, a magic, magic in a rock on the ground, magic in ants walking and doing their thing. Absolutely. Everything was like, oh my gosh, look at this. So getting back to that state of appreciation and and acceptance of the world for exactly as it is Mm -hmm. and then turning in inward and being like nothing out there is can affect me unless i let it unless i give up that that energy that i've i've got inside and so it's really turning that back inside but then it's also the the self-aware practice of that daily okay where am i feeling it what's behind it and then tapping into it and you can actually dissolve it just and for me the mental uh, shift that i make is looking at a, you know envisioning a picture from when i was little and just giving that little guy or that little girl, girl a hug yes. it's like buddy you're you're good you got everything you need mm-hmm. you are you you have all the tools you need and if you don't you're actively working on them because it makes you feel better to do so you're you're, you're cultivating that that uh, you're cultivating your talent or you're, you're going towards something that interests you. And so then at the end of the day, I would go into kind of a, a, a reset, which is an, again, diaphragmatic breathing, but this time it's relaxed belly breathing. 
Mm-hmm. So completely relaxed gut. We're going to all look kind of like Homer Simpson and it's okay. Just <laughs> let, let, let it, let it get loose. Let it get relaxed. Let it go. And then there's a, there's a posture called a hookup posture or whole brain posture, which mm-hmm. is really good for informing our system that we are not in danger and we are in a safe place. So, and you touched on it with fight or flight. So much of, so many of us are in such low grade or low levels of fight or flight continuously throughout our lives and throughout our days that that becomes our new normal. And we don't have any, any contrast between that, uh, that high blood pressure or that anxiety or that depression or having those negative ideas and thoughts clink around in our head because we never, we never allow ourselves to get out of that. We'll, 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 well, stress during the day at work, uh, you know, got to pick up kids, got to go to uh, band practice, got to get them to, uh, uh, to sports, whatever, whatever practice or, or game. If we let it, life will run us. Mm-hmm. But we can cult, even with all of those things going on, if when we are driving our child to wherever, we're driving and we're, we're present with them. And then when, when they're, they're at their place, then we do whatever. It's that practice of establishing a stasis and and knowing where that is and recognizing when we're out, when we're off of that and knowing how to get back to that. And so the whole brain posture with um, relaxed belly breathing is one of the best ways to inform your system that we're not in danger. Everything's good. And then our conscious mind can come back online. And, And when we cross our midline, that's really the, the informing aspect of it. And so, it's really just hands, thumbs down, and then you cross and clasp, and then you can just drop them into your lap, or I like to curl up and in against mm-hmm. our chest, and then you want to make sure your legs are crossed at your ankles as well. Mm-hmm. Comfortable seat, and then just literally let everything go, natural breathing, and you, you can do 12 breaths, just natural breaths, or you can do 12 minutes. You know, the, the, the longer you're there, the better. Mm-hmm. It sort of feels like you're holding yourself a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what we're, again, we're, we're energetic and there, there are, there is polarity to energy and magnetism. And so when we're crossing our midline, yeah. we're actually realigning our, our bodily energy mm-hmm. and informing our system that no, we're, we're not in any danger, fight or flight. You don't need to be there anymore. And so even if you don't do anything else at the end of the day, if you just do whole brain posture, hookup okay. posture with 12 breaths, Mm-hmm. It felt really good just to even do this. It, it, I mean, e- e- even even this, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll just yeah, I'll just be here for a little while. This is great. I got like this for a little bit. Oh, it really does, yeah. Right, right. Um, even if even if you don't do the 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 energetic breathing in the morning, and it's hard for you to be present, mindful, and and close the gap between reaction and recognition during the day, it's a great delineation between the day and the evening or i mean you can do it when, i mean honestly if, if you're in a high stress situation at work go into the bathroom and or even at your desk and just drop into this real quick and or you before will, a presentation or you know exactly. before yeah, yeah if you're kind of sweating it with a presentation yeah yeah you'll take yourself right out of that reactive experience exactly um, yeah and so th- those would be the the ones that i think anybody can do right now yeah. to make that quantum shift in the, in that literally this is quantum like the, well, I, i'm you feel it right away. And just like you were saying, um, I, I'm not even sure if, if it was during the interview or before we were talking just about this idea of like, I think it was during this, chop wood, carry water. It's like these mm-hmm. little things. I cannot impress enough just how much these little things 
they make such a difference because these little teeny nuggets, they are what create the quantum shift. When we do these little things, when we take the time to make those little brain shifts for the subconscious, when we do something energetically and some of what you're talking about, it's really similar to what I teach in practice, which is like the body scan, just being aware of what's happening with your body. It allows us to be less reactive and then we can get into that quantum space even more so that, you know, if someone is looking to shift out of their job, if they would like more courage to start their business or to do their soul-led business or to even know what that is, like yeah. these little practices, people think we need to, hey, I'm a, I'm a coach. I'm all about coaching. <laughs> yeah. You know, but some you don't always need to spend like tens of thousands of dollars for these little mm-hmm. things to make huge differences. No. So on that note, because, you know, we really are talking to, to people, to all of us who we want to live our best lives. We want to be living our passionate lives. Uh, you know, how to, to make these um, mental shifts so that, you know, if we have these subconscious beliefs that are holding us back, like, mm-hmm. like I hear them, like people won't get me. I, I used to have them too. And I've, and I, and I don't have them. Like there has been a shift and it's really That's fascinating. Awesome. I know yeah. it's fascinating to, and trust me, humbly, I, I'm sure I have other ones. Like <laughs> I got to look sure. at, you know, but yeah. to look at the ones I had and to say like, I, I literally don't believe that anymore. Like that does right. not hold me back. Yeah. It just, it makes such huge differences. It's just so much gratitude. So, yeah. you know, what is something that someone could, could do maybe in addition to this when, mm-hmm. and perhaps maybe it's the same thing when, when they have that belief that's holding them back, like, well, I, you know, I, I want to put myself out there or put my business out on Facebook, but I'm afraid someone's going to judge me. I'm afraid mm-hmm. people won't get me. Like, what can someone do to shift that? Yeah. So that was one where, um, for, for me, it, there, were, there were two factors to it. Uh, before I started getting into regular practices of, of energy work and emotional clearing, um, it, it would almost be like a brute force hack where I just, and I think it was before I even had a label for it, it was that beginning of that observer state of, I, I had those and I've been, um, you know, in, in my design career, I've been an entrepreneur or self-employed for the better part of 20 years. And so in that regard, it was a constant practice of kind of being out on, on an, uh, you know, a, a bird on a wire, so to speak, where it's kind of out on a perceptually unsupported edge, um, but still, you know, thriving, uh, you know, in, in whatever way that, that makes sense to, to whoever it is that's, that's going through this. Um, and so brute force, by that, I mean, you know, you have that, oh God, what if I can't, what if I don't, what if, what if, what if, I just, I would literally shout in my head, like, 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 no, I'm good. I got this. I can do this. Get out of here. Mm. And so it wasn't, I wasn't doing anything at the energetic level to rewrite, erase, or, uh, uh, or, or reprogram the, the, the program, it was just almost keeping it at bay. Like sometimes when <laughs> there was one or two times when my, when our daughter was, was in a, in a state and, and she was just really frustrated and she would just go, ah, and then my wife would double down and scream even louder. And that yeah. would kind of like almost, you know, 
like shake, shake our daughter out of that experience of, ah, and be like, oh, whoa, that was kind of crazy. <laughs> so I almost, I almost do the same. I, I was doing kind of the same thing inside. Well, actually, yeah, I was yeah. thinking with your wife too. She's almost like mirroring and matching that. Yes. And then also yeah. acknowledging like to be so young, at least you can get acknowledged at that energetic level. And, and I actually would disagree that when you said that in your head, I think that that's frequency. Your thought is frequency. Mm -hmm. Your thought sure. created an emotion, which is frequency. Mm -hmm. So it, it is at the energetic level, even saying yeah. it to yourself, like, no, sure. because you're, you're taking all that headspace <laughs> and you're like disrupting it. And then you're yeah. putting in the thought that you know to be true. Yeah. And I agree with you in the sense of some of what, you know, I personally had to do is just literally look at the fear and just, yeah. just do it anyway. Just yeah. do it anyway, because there's just kind of no way out. In that's, a sense. that's a big part of it. Um, and, and, and to your point, and you're absolutely correct, that, that, that it was an energetic exercise of that internal, you know, you, the, the volume of the negativity is there. So you just like amplify the positive and just, you know, push it away. The one, and it's a subtlety, but the one difference that, and it's just popped in my head as you were talking, in that expression of it, I would look at it almost like volleying the tennis ball back across the other side of the net. Yeah. Which is great because you you are you're saying nope not not today, you know self doubt not 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 today self you know self uh, self damaging behavior, um, but you're 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 distancing yourself from it but you're not, and again it it can be something where you do that and it's it's gone it disappears. For me, I had so many that were that were really deeply embedded and because it was the program and I, I mentioned it before mine was um, the the perception of of conditional love which I internalized is I am unworthy or I am worthless unless I'm performing in a capacity. Yeah. And it expressed itself in school, sports, even the quality with which I was doing my chores. I was hyper attuned and aware that I needed to be performing in order to cultivate or, or get what I was needing or hoping for from my parents. And again, this is all me. This had nothing to do with them. This is my perception. So, in that regard, the accelerator for me was finding uh, an energetic modality that really uh, enacted indelible and lasting change. And for me, that was uh, there. There are two practices. One was psyche, and the other was the energy. Or sorry, the emotion code. Mm -hmm. um, and it it just it really helped to at at it really helped to rewrite and embed the positive where there was negative, or just delete the negative because it's no longer needed at an indelible level where, where it, it wasn't coming back. The challenge is that sometimes, I mean, our, our subconscious is like we talked about so powerful and, and really dedicated to its job of keeping us safe, but it, it has no perception of situational awareness because again, it's quantum. And yeah. so it, it's, it's beyond time and space. And so, we get into a reaction in our 20s, 30s, or 40s that is resonant of a program that was written when we're four or eight or 12 or 16. That's what's going to run in the moment. And so that's right. when we get out of this, when we get into a phase shift where our experience doesn't match, our internal experience doesn't match the external experience. And that's where this, this disconnect comes. And that's where a lot of this disease is cultivated. Um, so yeah, outside of those kind of volleying it back across the, uh, the net, and keeping it at bay, which I did for years. And it was successful to a degree. Um, and it was almost, you know, we're kind of talking about journey. It was almost a confluence of 
that leading into the work that I then found that what that resonated with me. Sure. And I do think it's going to be different for everyone um, because I've, I've explored some different modalities that just had, they, they didn't really do anything for me. They, they were pleasant, but I really didn't feel any type of, of shift or change. A big shift. Yeah. Right. And right. then I started these two, uh, my wife started these two practices. I was the, I was in it as far as, you know, uh, kind of a test, uh, a test client, you know, practicing the, the different balances and, and, and modalities within the practice. Um, and that's when I was really starting to notice an acceleration and an elevation um, much more indelibly and much more rapidly than I ever had before. And so that was really the, the accelerant of my journey. Um, that was about three years from when I started doing energy work to when I had my, my, my big experience of connection. Yeah, beautiful. <clears throat> and just to mention, yeah, your wife, Kelly Russell, that's how I met you. It's Kelly yeah. and I know each other through the yoga community for years, yeah. uh, that she is a, a emotion code practitioner. And Psyche yeah. as well, both? Yeah, yeah, she's a, she's a master Psyche practitioner. And I think she's got uh, three or four of the uh, certifications within uh, emotion code. Okay, well, we can yeah. pop her info into the show notes here too yeah, for anyone absolutely. who wants to experience that. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the other side of the challenge is that they're, they're, the, we're, we're, not, we're not in a journey of isolation. Mm -hmm. We are, you know, the, the more we uh, change our energy, the more we're going to start noticing different things coming into our lives, different people, different ideas, different concepts, um, different expressions that we might not have been aware of. And we're going to start uh, noticing more distance, perhaps, between ourselves and, and people, friends, or family that we were once close with. Because as our energy changes, our resonance and our frequency changes. And so the signal we're broadcasting is going to be different. Um, to that point, there is, uh, look for help, really. Yeah. And, 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 and be open to different, different modalities, different thoughts, different things that might not have made sense or, or sounded you know, real five, 10 years ago. Um, and, and look for the helpers because they're going to be there. If you're on a journey of elevation and an expansion internally, you are going to start. And again, this is where you kind of come into, you know, serendipity and intuition, which all of this is intuition training. And the more we can and really live in our intuition, the more we're, we're looking at our true North star of our, of our energy or energetic core. And the more everything just, just falls away. Mm -hmm. So the more we cultivate that connection, and the clearer the signal between our energetic selves and our observer perspective, um, that's really where, where to, for me, the magic started happening. But it was getting outside of myself and, and onboarding different practices and looking for different people who had information or, or, or practice that I didn't have that I was exploring. And it's not, like I said, it's not, not everything is going to work for everyone. There were a couple that I tried once or twice and just didn't do anything for me. But I, I, didn't, I didn't write off the, the energy and emotion work because of that, I just was like, okay, well, that didn't quite work. What else is there? Yeah. Because there, because there's something more than what I'm experiencing three-dimensionally. I, I felt it. Right. And it was just really going, going towards that and being open to different modalities and different practices, yeah. uh, which is the other, the other side of the equation outside of the, you know, the things that we can control and we can do individually. There will come a time where you kind of need to, I love the term staff our weaknesses. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's important to do that I, sorry about that. There you are. I think it's, yeah, 
I think it's important to do that with, with work and professionally, you know, we have talents that, that we bring to the table and it doesn't make sense for us to do everything. If there's someone else that we can bring in, that's, that's much more uh, informed or that's, that's their deeper dive area. And same thing with interpersonal and internal work. Um, I, I don't have all the, I don't have all the answers right now. I didn't have all the answers last year, um, but I was open to, to trying different things. And once I found one that resonated, that was kind of the, where I started really the, the acceleration. Yeah, and I think that's the whole point is that, you know, as we move forward and we get to these different levels or we make these quantum leaps, there's, there's going to be that next thing. There's going to be those next yeah. questions. And so we're going to look for those next helpers because right. we're going to be at that next level of our journey. So exactly. I love that you said that, especially about look for the helpers because we're, we're certainly not alone. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, we're not alone at all. And I run, uh, for women, I run a, a membership. It's called Activate. It's a membership for yeah. school-led women. And we are all in there. And weekly, I'm just blown away with the transformations happening just on a weekly basis. So Absolutely. Yeah. Especially when, when, you, when you're sharing a space and you're, you're sharing a foundation of that, of whatever energy you're cultivating, and there's the support. And it is that, that safe space. We're like, hey, say, like, don't hold back. Like, say it. What are, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Like, let's get it out. Because you're going to, it's that, it's that wonderful thing of, of excising it into the world, like I mentioned about either speaking it or writing it, where you, you almost diminish its energy if it's something negative by bringing it to light. And then you can, yeah. once you speak it, then you look at it from that little kid perspective of like, oh, dude, come here. It, exactly. It, it, you're, you're good. You're golden, even though it yeah. doesn't feel like it because you got dropped into that negative reactive experience. Yeah, I've heard the term like uh, use, like your inner loving mother, your inner loving father. Yeah. So you're just you know giving a hug to that younger person or to that yeah. vibe or that energy that uh, yeah. that just needs a little bit a little bit more love. So so uh, where does where does Kevin Russell go from here? You've got this book, you've got this amazing experience. What's next for you? Yeah, so um, they're they're in the process of of getting the book. I know that there are at least two other titles that are coming. Uh, and then I've at least two or three children's books that I've, I've already got as well. Um, but then the other side of it, outside of kind of the, the information transfer or the, the idea sharing uh, is, is working with individuals and groups. And uh, I think Kelly and I are going to be starting to work together uh, as kind of a, a, a dual capacity um, because again, staffing weaknesses, she's got, she's got things that I don't have and I potentially have, perspective and insight that she might not uh, you know be able to call on it right in the in the moment and in the work that we've done recently together it's been so much more indelible and powerful um, just because of that that couple that coupling of of the energies and coupling of our, our unique talents if you will um, and so really sharing it in that practical applicable aspect of the book is it is it's a handbook it's a guidebook and then looking at starting to guide people through it and then guide people to it as something as a tool to carry with them on their journey and then you know from an introductory capacity of, of onboarding the, the thoughts and ideas in the book to the more um, you know kind of advanced energy practices of I'm stuck and I can't get through it and identifying that stuck spot. And again, being, being the helper um, and helping people, you know, get helping really, it's just helping diminish the gunk that we pile on top of our energetic core. So yeah. at the, at the core of it, it's going to be a reductive exercise because we've got a lot of stuff that we don't need and that doesn't serve us. 
So and true. we get rid of that and then, then it's off to the races. Perfect. So how can we, uh, what's, how's the best way to follow you? Social media, where can we find you? Yeah, everything. Uh, my, my handles are a little bit all over the place right now. So the best place uh, to kind of jump off or jump in is radicalenlightenment.com. Uh, and I've got all my social and then um, there's a lot of different uh, things that are there now. And then there's going to be more coming. Obviously, like I said, there's going to be uh, there's going to be groups you can get involved with. There's going to be uh, workshops and kind of mastermind classes that are going to be coming online. Um, but for now, we started off with uh, a quiz that Kelly and I created to help identify the number one subconscious block in our lives mm -hmm. that are holding us back from, from everything we want from moving forward. Uh, and so that's really the, um, the focus right now is getting people to that uh, introductory space of identifying that, that most, that pinnacle uh, negative aspect of their subconscious. Because as soon as we're aware, that is a great vehicle. Awareness is a great vehicle to enact shifts and change. Mm -hmm. And that's the first step. The second step is really getting the book out there and using that as a foundation for a conversation. Um, I find that so much of the self-help and energy and, and science and spirituality and philosophy has been uh, disjointed and, and somewhat all over the place where there's so much, there, there's so much awareness and, and thought that's happened over the last 3000 years, you know, going all the way back to, to Plato and Socrates or, or Lao Tzu and, and the I Ching and, and the Eastern side of things. Um, this has all been there. But for me personally, and I, I hope for others, the book was really the first time that everything dropped into place for me from a holistic science, philosophy, self-help, spirituality, theology standpoint, um, at least for me. And so I, I hope it resonates with others. But, but having, a, having a tool that we can use as a baseline to have a conversation from, even if it's, mm -hmm. even if it's a, a baseline of, I completely disagree with everything you've said, it's a starting point to the conversation mm -hmm. and to really springboard us into the 21st century of this cutting edge unified field theory perspective of science and how that applies to actually our lives. It's not mm -hmm. some esoteric in the lab or in a, um, uh, in a theoretical instance, we are quantum beings. We are energetic beings mm -hmm. and we can actually cultivate practices that we can shift our perception, our perspective, and the quality of our lives at that energetic level. And all it takes is that question of, you know, what else is there? And, and being, being open and, and being open to whatever path it ends up being for you or the individual. Well, and you kind of said it, you know, there, we can see this sort of path of, of chaos and suffering, and then we can see this sort of quantum path and, and we can choose it in a, in a really wonderful guide guidepost is to get a, a handle on your book to take advantage of that uh, free free quiz i'm excited to check it out too i want to know what my major block is right now too and actually yeah, what to do with it i'd and, love to hear your uh, feedback on it yeah and then to do some of these practices you mentioned especially that breath work i really love that just one for the clarity it brings and also just the confidence boost so for anyone who does have a fear about what they are putting out there it does literally boost the solar plexus as well like our yeah. it's a personal power so we can take that action so yeah. I just appreciate our conversations more than That's you even great. know. <laughs> I mean, this is like, it's quantum. I could do this all day. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll have to drop in again. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much.
thank you, Steph. Such a, such a pleasure to, to connect this morning. And, and I've loved, uh, I've loved the sharing back and forth. It's been a great conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Likewise. Excellent. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, subscribe. You can also leave some stars and a comment so you can help others know about this podcast and benefit from it as well. I would love to invite you into my membership sisterhood group, sisterhood group of soul-led women who are seeking clarity and using our intuition to turn our passions into profits. I have a special for podcast listeners. It's only a dollar to join for your first month. You get a whole catalog of courses to help you lead your soul-led life and weekly classes on everything from speaking your truth to how to use intuitive tools like pendulum, like the tarot, like crystals. There are hot seats for you to explore your gifts and special guests as well. It's a beautiful place to be with an incredible group of supportive women. It truly is a sisterhood. I would love for you to join. You can join using the link bit.ly backslash activate membership group. That is bit.ly backslash activate membership group. I'd love to get you in there. Till next time.